0: Welcome to the Green Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Robert. We got a lot to talk about this week, so let's get going. Like I said, we got a huge week this week in terms of releases. I keep thinking that we are over release season and then more stuff keeps coming down. So let's cut the pleasantries. Let's get to talking about golf equipment. But first, we're going to talk about bourbon of the week. And this week we are drinking Garrison Brothers Texas Bourbon. Now what is a Texas bourbon? I don't know. It's bourbon. So pour, pour yourself a glass of bourbon, pour yourself a glass of tequila, a cocktail, beer, water, whatever you want. Kick back, relax, enjoy the show. and Let's talk some golf equipment. So like I said, this week we got a crazy busy week. I keep thinking... That launch season is over, and pretty soon I got, I got all this content that I got waiting for us to talk about in a few months or a few weeks. I keep thinking it's time to bust that out, and I uh, I keep getting there. And then I wake up on Monday morning and we get new stuff. Then I wake up Tuesday morning and we get more new stuff. Wednesday, Thursday, it it's just crazy. I I I would love to get these out on like a Wednesday. And have you guys listening to them on your way to work on a Thursday or Friday? But there's just so much stuff going on right now in terms of releases that I can't do it all. If I if I uh post something, I'm immediately gonna be behind. So let's uh let's start. We got stuff ranging the full game of the golf equipment from drivers to golf balls to shafts to irons. We got it all this week. So let's just start with drivers. Now the big news on the woods side. This week, drivers fairway woods came from Tour Edge. Everybody else has pretty much released their product, but Tour Edge first started out this week with uh, announcing that they were signing a huge signing for Tour Edge, getting Bernhard Langer on their on their staff. So that's a huge get for for Tour Edge. They really focus on that Senior Tour, kind of like Adams used to. But they really focus on that Senior Tour, and it it really gives them a lot of tour validation. Um, a lot of guys out there on the senior tour will play uh, clubs that just work for them, not necessarily for contracts, because they're not getting huge contracts from the big dogs. So Tour Edge steps in. They uh, give some of those guys their clubs, and then they perform really well with it. So um, big ups to Tour Edge for getting Bernhard longer. Now, one of the catalysts behind getting Bernhard longer, I'm sure, was getting a new product out. Bernhard can really start to promote that with you and do things like that. So this week we saw the release of the 721 Series Woods. All right, so True has always had a really good wood. They've always had a good driver. They have incredible fairway woods. In fact, I'm looking at one sitting in my golf bag right now. I play the the uh, CBX. It's a great, great fairway wood. Ball goes a mile. They, they have great ball speeds, things like that. But this new series, what they are starting to do, is add more carbon fiber into, into their clubs. So the carbon fiber, they're using about 20% more carbon fiber than they ever have on the driver's woods and hybrids. The biggest technology that we're seeing in these new woods is something that they're calling Ridgeback, right? They're calling it the Ridgeback. And basically, we can we can break it down pretty easy that the Ridgeback is a stripe of titanium that runs along the middle of the crown down to the back in the in the middle of the back, and then it wraps around the bottom. So what that does, and then on either side of that, they're putting some uh, carbon fiber out on the crown. So what's that going to do? A couple of things. One, it's going to quiet the driver, right? The more carbon fiber you use, the quieter the driver gets, the more of a thud sound it has than a ping sound. So you'll hear more of a thwack than a ding. And that would be one of the big things, complaints, quote unquote complaints I have, with my tour edge fairway wood is it's very tingy pingy because of the metal that they use. Not saying that it's a bad thing, but a lot of people like more of that thwack sound than they do the, uh, ping ting noise. So you're going to get a little bit quieter, but also what it allows it to do is lower that center of gravity. And that, and so what that does is that helps, uh, launch the ball higher with a little bit less spin. So it's always good. If you can, the lower you can make that, Center of Gravity, the higher your MOI is, the more forgiveness the club has. The other thing with this Ridgeback is it gives the club a very unique look. I'm not somebody who hates carbon fiber on crowns, right? Um, Callaway uses it, TaylorMade uses it. I actually think it can look pretty cool. The problem is it's usually one color or there's a color scheme or they use the carbon fiber and then they, it gets like a gloss paint like in Callaway's case. Um, TaylorMade, for example, has that gray carbon fiber on their crown and you can really see it. What's weird about this is you've got bright black going across the top and then the sides are like this gray carbon fiber. It's a very, how do I say this politely, unique look, right? It's not something you see with a lot of, with a lot of other companies is this strip of metal and then carbon fiber on either side. It's a good way to showcase the technology, but I don't know if it's the best look from the address position. A lot of people like a cleaner looking crown. You can put some stickers decals around the back edge, but really that middle part of the club tend to like it to be pretty clean. And for being honest, this isn't really it. Now, in addition to that Ridgeback crown, you will see a new diamond face. Diamond face is um, basically Tour Edge's version of Twist face, or that um, the the, the face is um, a forgiving face, right? Increasing ball speeds across the across the entire face. Now, the diamond pattern is was used in their last model, and then it was also used in the new Hot Launch series. So, I have talked about it before. But what it is is they place diamonds, these diamond patterns, behind the face, and what that does is that helps increase ball speed. So. Tour Edge, I I may not be the biggest fan of the look of these clubs, but I will say Tour Edge has never really disappointed when it comes to uh, the performance of those clubs. So I would have to say it's probably going to be a win for Tour Edge, but on the other hand, it's not the prettiest thing in the world. So in addition to those woods, now let's move down to irons. So we actually had two... Really cool iron releases this week. Uh, first off, we got Shrixon releasing the ZX4. Now, you may remember I mentioned them on a podcast and I did a couple of write-ups on them. Uh, the ZX, the new ZX iron series from Shrixon are very cool. They're very pretty um, and they and they perform really, really well. Um, I use Shrixon irons myself. I'm a huge fan of the brand. Um, sometimes the blog looks like I'm a giant Shrixon fanboy. I don't mean to be, but I think they make a great product. And with the five and the seven, we had some game improvement irons, and we also had some players irons. So what Shrixon needed to really round out their lineup was a was a super game improvement iron, something that was much thicker, much bigger wider blade length, fatter top line, fatter soles really forgiving irons. And that would be for those higher handicapped players, right? And so they didn't have that, but Shrixon's kind of known as a better player's brand, kind of like Mizuno is. I know they offer products that aren't that way, but uh, but in the end, most people think Shrixon are really good player's irons. Well, Shrixon saw that and they wanted to release something that is a little bit more super game improvement, thick top line, wide body soul. So what is the ZX4? Well, simply the ZX4 is a hollow bodied iron with a forge face. So we see hollow body irons come from everybody right now. TaylorMade has the P790. Um, Hell, Callaway with their Apex Pros just came out with it. Shrixon comes out with the ZX4, and now they're in the hollow body game. So what does the hollow body mean, right? We all know what a hollow body iron is. We know everybody's doing it, but what does that mean? How is that beneficial? Well, with the hollow body, what you can do is you can increase ball speed really easily. You can thin out that face. There's more room for it to deflect a little bit. It's not a solid piece of iron, so you can do more with it. The other thing that it does is it allows you to move weight around, right? Rather than have all the weight up by the face, you can actually hollow that iron out, lower it down to the bottom, and then pull it back as far as possible. And what that allows you to do is increase forgiveness, maximize MOI, and optimize launch conditions, right? Help those players get the ball up in the air, help those players spin it at the optimal rate. Now, one thing that the ZX4 has that matches the other ZX irons is what Shrixon is calling the mainframe. Mainframe is a milled pattern in the cavity of the iron. And it consists of channels, grooves, and cavities. What that does is it helps increase ball speed. We I always say this, ball speed is kink, right? The faster you can get ball speed, the better. Ball speed equals distance. When you're standing in a simulator, distance is kink. Plain and simple to all retailers, distance is kink. So if you can increase the ball speed, you can increase distance, you have a better chance of a player picking your iron. Okay. And those channels, what they do is they're optimized for the iron. And so you may find a channel is cut out a little bit more on a pitching wedge, right? It's cut out a little bit more down, down on the face. And what that does is that raises the center of gravity a little bit more, makes it a little less spin, a little more spin. Gets it more optimized. Whereas on the four iron, you may see them actually try to shave some of the weight off the top of the of the uh, club, and then f- what they're able to do is put more weight down at the at the sole. And so then you can hit it higher. You can hit it with a little bit more spin, get more distance, hold that green a little bit better, hit the ball more solid. Now when we talk about the looks of these irons. I am not going to lie to you. I think they look great from the cavity section. But top down, we're looking at some thick irons. All right? Let's 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 not beat around the bush. They're chunky. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but if you're somebody who likes a more traditional shaped iron, maybe you're coming from a ZX-7 or you're coming from a... Um, P750, you're coming from a more player's iron, then I would be weary of seeing these with these thick top lines. I mean, on the 4, 5, and even the 6 iron to a certain extent, you can see the cavity of the club sticking out, and it almost looks more like a hybrid. So that's something to be aware of. The pitching wedge, there's a lot of offset. That top line is pretty thick. They're not skinny by any means. But what they did do a good job of is getting rid of the plastic kind of gimmicky badges that you see on the back of Super Game Improvement irons. These look like a player's club in the back. So if that is your jam, I would definitely take a look at these. Now, the other really cool news that came out this week was from from PXG. Now, I have always been pretty critical of PHG. i've gone so far as to call them fancy ping right their first initial irons they took a bunch of engineers from ping and they made a bunch of clubs that looked like pings that were super expensive i've i've been very critical of ping in fact i had a friend where i used to work who brought in a ping driver and he had it and every time he would go test it i'd be like how'd you hit the fancy Ping? How'd you hit the expensive ping? Because it looked just like a ping driver. But they actually do make a pretty good golf club. Now, what people know PXG for is their massive price tags. And while their clubs do perform well, it's always been hard for me to say that they were worth the extra money. Right? I never saw anyone get crazy distant gains or crazy forgiveness off a PXG driver more than they did a TaylorMade driver or more than they did with a Callaway driver right now to be fair to pxg they have kind of come down on their on their prices in fact i think it was actually kind of a genius move by pxg what they did is they entered this market they entered the golf club market bob parsons the founder of pxg entered the market said we want to be a super premium brand we want everyone to be super premium if only if you can afford us do we want you to play our stuff? Right? They're very exclusive. They were hard to buy. Just everything was hard to get. Now, what they did was with their success, they were able to show that people will buy golf clubs for an expensive price. Right? People will pay a premium for a golf club. So we've seen prices of drivers slowly start to climb. Iron prices are climbing. Prices for everything are climbing. Wedges are more expensive than they used to be, right? And then what does Bob do? What does, what does PXG do? PXG comes in, they create a new iron back in January called the 0211, the 0211, and they drop the price on them. I think right now on their website, you can get them for $109 a club. They're not a forged iron. They're not this perfect, beautiful iron, but they, they, they are a good looking club. They're not a perfect, beautiful blade, but they look good, right? And they're like $109 a club. That is ridiculous. So what he's done is he created this high-end market. And then what he did is then he came in, undercuts everybody. Once he proves that people will pay a premium for it, undercuts everybody. Everybody gets this premium brand at a cheap price. And he's making everybody look foolish. Which, as much as I hate to say it, is absolutely genius. The 0211 irons that he created back in January look great. Everything I've heard from them, is they perform great. They're a cast club, but they look forged. They feel forged from everything that I've heard. It's a high-quality product at a reasonable price. Not something I ever thought I would say about PXG. Now, what we saw this week was PXG added what they are calling the ST version of the 0211, of the 0211. And what the ST version is, is it be, is a true blade. So it's thin. Got that thin top line. It is a blade iron. I don't really know how else to say it. It's for better players. But to combat that, since it is a blade iron, you do have to build a little forgiveness into a blade. Most people want a little bit of forgiveness. Unless you're Ricky Fowler and you're using the RF33s, there's no forgiveness anywhere in that. But most things that you're bringing out to the masses, you've got to have a little bit of forgiveness. So how did they do this? Well, they if you look at the back of the club, the muscle on the back, the, the part that sticks out a little bit further on the back is actually shaped in a way that will move the weight low and out towards the toe. So what that does is that increases the MOI, right? When designing a golf club, the hosel of the club is very heavy. You will actually hear a lot of golf club designers if it's something you're ever into talk about how much the 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 um the club weighs in the heel, right? The uh, the heel side of that club is very heavy because you have all of the metal over there where you put the shaft in. So what you have to do is you have to find a way to get some weight out on the toe. If not, then the uh, the sweet spot will be a little bit more towards the hosel. And when it's towards the hosel, you're bringing in some shanks. The opportunity for the shank. Can't believe I just said that word. That's I usually call it an S-hank, but I called it a shank. So we got to get over that. So what they did is they made that muscle so that that weight is a little bit more out on the toe. They left a little bit more mass out on the toe and also lowered it down on the club. What that allows them to do is it will then... Create the MOI as high as possible, right? You got the weight out on the toe, the weight down low, high launch, low spin, everything you need from from a blade iron. And then, like I said, he's got a beautiful club. That club is absolutely beautiful. At 150 bucks a club, that's reasonable, reasonably priced for a blade iron. A lot of blade sets go well into the 1500, 1600 dollars. Uh, Mr. Parsons has done a great job of positioning it at a very very reasonable price. All right, so we've worked on woods. We've worked on irons. Let's talk wedges. All right, so we didn't necessarily get new wedges this week, but we did get some new models, some new options to already available clubs. So we got... A new option on the Wilson Staff model wedge and the TaylorMade High Toe and TaylorMade Bigfoot wedges. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Wilson Staff model um, edition. I've been a big fan of the look of that wedge for a very long time. I hit it in store, love the way it feels, thinks it looks. I think it looks great, good price, but this update, it doesn't feel like a really big addition but it does feel like a new option that should have actually been available since the beginning. And what I'm talking about is Wilson now offering a tour grind. What does the tour grind mean? Basically it's a grind on the sole of the club. So down there on the bottom of the club, you'll grind it a little bit differently, take metal off in certain places. What that does is it allows it to be a little bit more playable off tight lines. So you, maybe you can open up that face, get under the ball a little bit better. Um, get the ball in the air a little bit quicker off tight lies. Maybe um, it's got a little bit more uh, leading edge relief so it doesn't stick as hard, things like that. So that's basically what they're doing with the tour grind. But like I said, this probably should have been available since the beginning. I don't really understand why Wilson would release this club with their standard grind on it and then a few months later offer a tour grind. Like guys who like your club tried it, didn't like it because maybe they didn't like the grind. And now you're going to be like, oh, we have a tour grind. But I've already bought Callaways, I've already bought TaylorMade's. I, I've already bought uh, Vokies. Like, why would I then come back to the Wilson? Like, if I'm in there trying to get new wedges on the day they release or a week after they release and you're holding out a grind option on me, I'm going to go over to Voki that has 30 freaking grinds And I'm going to get my grind that works from over there. I think it's... I think Wilson missed the mark with this one um, by offering it now. I think it's a great idea. But the fact they're only offering it now does seem a little off. And the other option that we got, like I said, is from TaylorMade. And we're basically getting a new finish on their super popular high-toe and Bigfoot models. So for the last year... TaylorMade has had their milled grind wedges, which is more of a traditional wedge uh, shape and finish, things like that. Their milled grind wedges have featured a raw face. So what that means is as you play it, the face will actually rust and um, reduce that glare. That was a big feedback a lot of people had on those milled grind wedges was that they felt really nice and they played really well, but there was a lot of glare on the high, on on the face. So when you were playing the, When you're playing your shot, the sun in in high in very sunny areas like Texas, like Florida, like California, um, what was happening was the glare was getting up in the players' eyes and they didn't like it. You'll see a lot of raw wedges and clubs out on the PGA Tour because if the sun glares up on them, what happens? They can mess up their whole shot. That can be the difference between $300,000 and missing a cut. So it's really important that they get that they don't have that glare well the raw face that was in the milled grind wedges has actually just been moved over to the high toe and the big foot um so i believe they're going to keep their same copper finish that they've always had but then that face is actually going to rust a little bit a lot of people will say that rust increases spin it's been proven that it doesn't it's just a look thing um Another website has actually said that it does increase spin, but not because of the rust, but only because there is no plating on it. So the chrome is is slicker than the raw metal. So it'll increase that spin a little bit. Me personally, I would never get it because of the spin or anything like that. I just like the way raw clubs look. I think they look awesome. So that would be why I would have the raw, the raw face. All right, so we've gone woods, irons, wedges. Let's go putters. And let me tell you, if you were a putter, if you're a putter guy or gal, this week was your week. We got updates from Scotty Cameron, PXG, and Cleveland. So we're going to start with kind of the industry leader. I know Odyssey has more sales. But for all intents and purposes, Scotty leads the way. So let's start with Scotty and talk about the changes he made to the Phantom X lineup. So the Phantom X lineup is a mallet lineup. It's a a lineup of mallet style putters that feature steel and aluminum body. Now, the Phantom X lineup hasn't hasn't gotten the acclaim that some of his other lines have. They're not nearly as possible as the Studio Select line or even his older Art of art of putting putters. They use the carbon, things like that. They're just not as popular. For whatever reason. It, it it it's kind of one of those it is what it is kind of deals. Um they're just they just don't sell probably like I like Scotty probably thinks they should or that most people expect the Scotty camera to sell. But like I said, they're putters that feature steel and aluminum body. And what this allows Scotty to to do is uh, move the weight out to the edges of the of the putter. So if you can use aluminum in the middle of the putter, it's much lighter weight, and then you can use um, the carbon steel um, on the outsides, and that increases MOI, reduce twisting, things of that nature. So it it creates that huge boost in MOI and forgiveness. So Scotty this week has made four new models. So basically, we got the new Phantom Five and the Phantom Five and a Half, which I want you to close your eyes and kind of picture it. But it looks like an Odyssey Number Seven. Odyssey Number Seven is that is that putter with the fang on the back end, so it, it with the two lines on it that kind of go, they line up with the golf ball. That's the Odyssey Number Seven. They have the, they are uh, th- the the Scotties are a little bit different but the overall general idea is to base it off the seven. Uh, they have those fangs off the back and they are a little more slanted inward and they are wider, wider fangs overall than you find on the Odyssey seven. But to be honest, it's a seven, right? Um, Scotty came out with these after the Odyssey number seven, really had a couple of good years. So doesn't surprise me that he's uh, refreshing this line, kind of changing it up a little bit. Um, What we're seeing with the Phantom 5 and the 5.5 is basically the way the head attaches to the shaft. Uh, The 5 is close to face balance. Looks like it's a single or double double bend shaft. Pretty close to face balance. They say it's not quite face balanced, but the 5.5 is more of a float neck. You may remember a couple of weeks back, Scotty Cameron released the Uh, 5.5, the Justin Thomas inspired model, which is basically a 5.5 with a welded neck. So that's going to be for somebody that has a little bit more arc in their swing rather than straight, straight back, straight through, uh, kind of swing. Then the final two models that we got from Scotty are the 11 and the 11 and a half shaped head. The biggest change between that and the five and the 5.5 is that the alignment mark goes all the way back on the head. And the fangs actually have a tail attached to them so the the fangs that you see have a little have a little wing on there that um, just to add a little bit more stability kind of a cool look looks looks like a like a spider almost so overall nice putters from Scotty um, it'll be interesting to see how they sell can't say much bad about them can't say much good about them it's so a Scotty Cameron. Um, phantom putter next up we got pxg pxg don't their putters don't really move the needle much for me um or for most people in general they're one they're kind of hard to find two they don't feel exceptionally great they don't feel bad they they feel like a putter right they don't blow your mind like a uh like my first time hitting a bet and already blew my mind of how great it felt um Hitting a classic carbon black oxide Scotty Cameron. You remember that, right? Odyssey's, some of their stuff. you, You just know a good feeling putter. PXG doesn't feel bad. They don't feel great. They feel like a PXG putter. But they have extended their lineup. And the lineup gets the Mustang and the Bat Attack. So the Mustang is the wide body blade version. And what that means is it looks like a blade, except it's a little bit wider. And then what's kind of weird about the the Mustang is it kind of flanks out a little bit. So it's not super thick. It doesn't have the fangs like a number seven, but it's a wide body blade that isn't rounded. The, the bumpers aren't rounded. They're very square and very angular. And then the bad attack is, in in the simplest terms, it's a plumber's neck Odyssey Seven. If you go and look at it, and then look at an Odyssey Seven, they look almost identical. Now, why would you play a PXG putter over any other putter? Couple of reasons. One, PXG has an optimized face texture. Um, so on the middle of the face, the it's the face texture is a little bit different than it is out on the toe and the heel, helping you hit the the ball with better distance control, basically. All right, and the final putter edition we got this week was from Cleveland. Now, you may remember, hell, I think it's been a couple of months now, um, that I spoke and wrote about the new TaylorMade FCG. FCG putter, the forward center of gravity spider, the spider FCG. And what that did is they made a cavity in the back of their putter basically. So the top, the crown, looked like a spider putter, but underneath it was basically hollow. And what that did is that helped move the weight forward. And I had mentioned how that was a ripoff of the technology that Cleveland was using in their frontline putters. Well, Cleveland, instead of creating a whole new putter line, decided to um, just add to the to the front line lineup. For their price, they're low-key a great putter. They, they have the same technology where they are moving the weight as far forward as possible. And the tungsten weights are actually on the face to move that weight forward. Now, you hear me talk about MOI a lot in terms of forgiveness, but... With these putters, with the tungsten weight being so far forward, the MOI is actually lower. But Cleveland says that this doesn't mean that they're less forgiving. What it does reduce is the gear effect of the putter, which in turn increases the chance of the putter staying online or the chance of the putt that you hit staying online. With a traditional putter, the center of gravity, everything rotates around the center of gravity. So if the center of gravity in your putter is low and back, if you hit it out on the toe, it's got a wider arc for it to spin around that center of gravity. Whereas if it's up close, it it can't spin as quick and as much. So that's kind of how it was explained to me. And I'll tell you what, it makes sense to me. And then I hit the putters, and my word do they feel great. They look good. The black finish looks great. Everything looks smaller than it normally does. Um, The top lines look great on it. It looks good behind the ball. The um, alignment features that they have with the raised um, alignment aid, alignment mark looks great. Everything on these putters looks good. And so what they've done is rather than change everything, they've added some new putters. So we're getting a number nine shaped head. So kind of that half circle shape that uh, Phil Mickelson has used, a lot of guys have used throughout the year. Throughout the years. Then we're getting a wide body blade. Then we're getting this kind of rounded square mallet. So in my house, rounded cornered squares are are huge, right? Things that are squares, right? The four sides or rectangles, right? Four sides, everything's a rectangle, except they basically cut the sharp corners off and they make it more rounded. Those are big players in my house. My wife loves them. And so, this new rounded square mallet kind of has that shape. And then finally, we're getting yet another plumber's neck number seven style putter from Cleveland. Right? So, everybody's got one now. Odyssey proved that those number seven style heads work, people love them. And so, everyone's coming out with it. All in all, gotta say, the Clevelands are a very underrated putter. And, frankly, I'm excited to see the new shapes. All right, and we are going to now move on to golf balls. So we have heard that Shrixon and Titleist, they changed up their golf ball this year. New dimple patterns, new cores, new covers, new urethane, whatever you want to say, right? But Shrixon Titleist released new tour balls. And TaylorMade couldn't just let them have all the fun, could they? They actually announced an update to their wildly successful TP5 and TP5X. In fact, they got they got all the top players in the world playing this golf ball right now. I think Rory plays it. Um, Tiger and Bryce don't. Let's see. Ricky plays it. I mean, a lot of guys are playing this TP5. And the TP5 is the only five-layer golf ball on the market. So you may remember last week when I was talking about the Strixon golf ball, about how they have that core that is softer on the outside, and then it gets harder as you get into the middle. Maybe it's harder into softer. Either way, harder into softer. That uh, graduated firmness core. So instead of using a core like that, what TaylorMade has done is they actually use more layers. So they just make the golf ball, the layers thinner and then harder. And so rather than having to compress the core, all you're doing is compressing more layers. Same general idea, just done in a different way. But that many layers helps TaylorMade optimize their launch and their spin for their drivers all the way down to the wedges. And like I said, while some use that gradual core, TaylorMade uses the extra layers to have that same compression effect. But the big story coming from TaylorMade this year is the new dimple pattern. So the new dimple pattern combines... Shallow dimples, which will reduce drag in ascent. So while it's going up. And then when it's falling back to the earth, the the deeper dimples will actually maintain the lift. So you're getting that combination there. So as it's going quickly, those shallow dimples reduce the drag, help the ball fly as far as possible. And then when it's fallen back to earth and it's used all of its distance, those deeper dimples help the golf ball stay afloat for an extra yard or two. So when you combine those two types of dimples together, you're actually getting maximum carry. So between the five layers and the new dimple pattern, we're getting some pretty cool stuff coming from TaylorMade. It's also notable that TaylorMade has actually stuck with the name, the TP5 and the TP5X. TaylorMade's been known to, as soon as a year passes or two years have passed, they will change the name of their golf ball. Right? TaylorMade's been doing a five-piece golf ball for a while. You may remember the the Pinta from TaylorMade. That was a five-piece golf ball, five-layer golf ball. But then they decided to move away from the Pinta name and went with something else, and now they're at the TP5, the Tour Preferred Five. So it is notable that they are keeping the TP5 name, and that's notable because they always change and so that means they're getting some really good branding out of the TP5 name. And so it is cool to see them keep that. And the final thing we'll talk about this week is golf chefs. So we, it was an interesting week for golf chefs, right? This week was an interesting one for golf chefs. We actually got Fujikura going back to his roots and working on the entry level while A smaller company named TPT is really starting to attack the upper end of the price spectrum. So this week, TPT introduced a new $600 fairway wood specific shaft. You heard me right. A fairway wood shaft, that's $600. I... $600 $600 for a fairway wood shaft. I just, it's so hard for me to fathom. So hard. Like the idea of getting a $600 TPT shaft when I, you could get 10 UST Pro Force V2s or like four UST. V2 tour shafts for the same price as this one just baffles my mind. I can't understand it. Now, if you're wondering who the hell TPT is, TPT shafts actually got a lot of play when they first arrived to the market a few years ago, but then they slowly started to fall off as their shafts just kept breaking for whatever reason. I think they're there was a time where somebody had it out on tour and it broke, like in his hand, in the middle of a swing. Like they were just breaking for whatever reason. I I never really saw a good reason why those shafts were breaking, but they were, and they were breaking a lot, and it it really hurt their brand. A lot of people were getting good performance with them, but when your your six hundred dollar golf shafts breaking, you start to get kind of pissed off. So recently they have re-emerged with the red lineup and they've said their shafts won't break anymore. Now, I'm not really sure what makes these shafts fairway wood specific, but at $600, but at 600 bucks, i would go ahead and assume that they did some kind of research. I'd also assume that these are going to maybe uh, launch a little bit higher, help get the ball in the air with a fairway wood. A lot of people struggle with that. Um, so I would look for these to be maybe a higher launching shaft. And the other big news that we got on the Golf Shaft was, like I said, Fujikura in reintroducing their Vista Pro lineup. Now, some of you older folks may remember the Vista Pro as a beginner aftermarket shaft. It used better materials than the stock shaft that came in your driver, but it also didn't break the bank. right? It wasn't a $800 shaft, a $600 fairway wood shaft. It just was a nice, solid shaft that you could use and uh it would perform better than your stock shaft now what's cool about these is these new models will actually take a lot of the research they've used in the ventus and other high-end models to really fine-tune the performance of this shaft what you can look for with this is something that they're going to incorporate some stronger materials for the full length of the shaft rather than just in small sections what that does is that's going to create a more smooth balanced profile so where they got that idea was with the Velo core and the Ventus. And then the other thing that they've done is they're going to have a new multi-material core within the layers that will just improve the consistency and the strength of the 40-ton carbon fiber, which will allow the lighter weight models to be lighter without being softer. Right? So they're really going to focus on the dispersion in these shafts. So it's going to be pretty cool to see how these actually perform. And with that, we are getting a pretty good price point as well. For the driver's shaft or the fairway wood, looking at $125 each. For the hybrid, $55. And then for the iron, $50 a pop. So in an 8-iron set, you're getting $400 for quality graphite shaft, which I'm a fan of. It's a pretty good deal. Um, there may be some other less expensive ones out on the market. But 50 bucks for these, I'd have to assume that they're pretty good. So... Um, overall, pretty excited about this new Vista Pro lineup coming out from Fujikura. All right, so like I said, crazy week in the golf club industry this week. Everybody released something. TaylorMade, um, we got stuff for, we got a lot from PXG. We got new stuff in the golf shaft market. Cleveland re- announced new putters. It was just insane. So I really hope that you enjoyed kind of this week in review recap. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I got news last week, a couple of weeks ago, that I have broken into the top 100 golf podcasts in the United States. I'm top 50 in Australia, so I thank you so much for that. All that I ask is that you rate this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Whether it's Google Podcasts, I don't care. Just please rate me five stars. It does more for me than you could ever imagine. The other thing that I ask is that you leave me a nice review. I'm not asking you for any money. I'm not asking you for much of your time. I'm asking for a couple of minutes of you to like and share this podcast with a friend. Rate it five stars. And then leave me a simple review. That's all I ask. And in exchange, I'll keep pumping out these fun podcasts. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please like, share everywhere on social media. I look forward to talking to you guys. Look forward to interacting with you guys. Hit them straight. Have an awesome week.